Hello and welcome to Divine Essence Podcast, where awakening women to discover their sacred nature and embark on an inspired life of happiness and purpose. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. I am Korianka, Inca High Priestess and Sacred Healer Guide. We get together the first Tuesday of the month. This is Season 1, The Divine Woman, Episode 7. On this episode, our final interview on the Divine Woman interview series. Return to self-acceptance and unlimit yourself in your journey to divine essence with soul artist Laura Holick. Laura is an award-winning artist and visionary guide. After walking 10,000 kilometers on a vision quest, Laura clarified her purpose and dove into realizing it. She's the founder of Soul Art Studio, Inc., a business devoted to circulating love around the planet with creative inspiration. Bravo TV created a documentary about her art and life called The Artist's Life, Laura Holick. Laura hosted and produced over 500 radio shows on 93.3 FM CFMU called The Artist's Lifestyle. She led a TEDx talk called You Are the Art. Laura's art and insights inspire audiences around the world with events like International Soul Art Day, the Global Vision Quest, the Johnny Art Project, the New Icon Movie, and Pure Inspiration Newsletter. Learn more about Laura and be nourished by her pure inspiration at lauraholic.com. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hello. I'm so excited to be here and connecting with you and and opening the space for this co-creation and what wants to come through today. It's my total pleasure. Uh, I totally enjoy your presence and your beautiful energy. Um, you are such a light, and I'm very excited to introduce you to people. I really want people to get to know someone like you because I know uh, very well that we all need inspiration, that we all need um, women that we can look up to, who have walked the path of their authentic selves, that they have become the highest version of who they are. Um, now, not that that is um, something that ever ends. We continue striving to be the best version of ourselves. And I see that you are one of those few special women who is doing that. Um, and I like for many women to get to know you and be inspired by you. Today, Laura is a visionary artist and the most beautiful embodiment of art herself. I wanted to introduce you to Laura because she is living her life from a place of authenticity, from her soul, and her business is all about her life purpose. Laura, you have a very unique, divinely guided path, and you are fully committed to it. I've had the opportunity to witness that Personally, just a few months ago in Toronto during your yearly event, International Soul Art Day, where it was such a pleasure to collaborate with you. So um, I'd like for women to know that for someone like you, who is inspiring thousands of women, being who you are today did not happen overnight. You and me and everyone else have been shaped by the same modern society. We have been conditioned to think that and to do things in a certain way, to live our lives according to the unspoken rules of society. But to be in our true essence, we need to break free from that conditioning to discover who we truly are and what we are here for on Mother Earth. 
tell us a little bit about your life before you became the woman you are today and how you transitioned from being who you were then to being the woman in her essence you are today. Mm, juicy, juicy question. Okay, so you know, I'll take it back to when I was a kid and I was that kid who was always kind of off by myself imagining things. Like I'd sit by myself. I loved being alone, but also I didn't really feel like I bonded with people for whatever reason. And and that gave me the gift of going into my own essence, going into my own spirit. It also created a wound of I didn't really know how to connect in the world. And so I went along my life and feeling like going deeper, deeper into my own imagination, my own art, and learning how to create art and going to school for art and making things. And, but also feeling like I never really knew how to be with people, even though this art was growing, I was winning different art awards and on and on it was going. And then when I graduated from university, I came out of that and I was thinking, oh, well, I'll just go and be an artist. And I was, deeply shocked by the reality suddenly hit me that I had no idea how to connect with people as myself, like being me. I always just kind of did it on my own and showed people what I did, but I never really connected with people. And so there was this 10-year journey after, during my 20s, when I graduated from university, where I was so lost, I suddenly got faced with the wound of my childhood of, I don't know how to connect. And the way that it played out is, I didn't know how to make money. Because essentially, money is something that exists because of people's connections. People circulate energy, they connect, and there's money. Whereas if you're just a person by yourself, you really don't need money. Like if there was just one person mm. left on the earth, they wouldn't have money. <laughs> and so- <laughs> people creation. And here I was a person who didn't know how to connect. So there's a couple of things just on that that was really fascinating. One is that because I didn't fully connect as a child, in some ways, I was kind of guarded and protected from the patriarchal structure. Because I I never really got absorbed into it. And yes, it was in my environment and I, everything kind yeah. of is on that. But mm -hmm. I wasn't buying into it. And so even though there was a wound of not being connected, it kind of protected me and gave me a little bit of this sense of freedom that I could just do what I wanted to do. So I did have that quality of I'll do what I want to do. I'll follow my essence. I'll follow my heart. I'm an artist. I, I had that. But then I had no idea how to make it real in this world where we use money and where you do need to connect with people. So more of my journey was learning how to heal the wound of disconnection and separation and finding ways of being myself with people. And, and that was painful and liberating and challenging and ecstatic. Mm was all of that. And now, you know, more, you know, another decade later, I feel like I have moved through that wound and I have been able to connect my essence, which was always there, my imagination, my creativity, which was always there, connect it with people. And it's, it called me to move through my wound because I have done that. And of course, there's always more layers to go, but I have definitely moved through it. Because I've done that, I actually can meet people at a very deep level because 
not only can I kind of resonate on a soul frequency with people and see the soul in another, see who they really are, but I can also understand the pain that comes when our, we can't be who we are in the world. And when we can't, we don't know how to show up as ourself in this society or with other mm -hmm. people. So I feel blessed for the, the pain of that. And I think all of us go through some kind of journey with something that we have to navigate to figure out how to be ourselves. but that actually becomes our gift as well. That's the story that kind of got me to here in the, the basic terms of that. How did you get to overcome that lack of connection with people and that disconnection also with money? Mm -hmm. Well, at first I had to go through a real sense of shock because I think I believed in some magical way that I just wouldn't have to deal with it. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you know, I'll just do my thing and the money's going to fly in the window. I'll never have to talk to a person. <laughs> you know, it'll all be great. I, I kind of like <laughs> really attached to that fantasy for a while. You know, uh, that is so hard to believe for me because um, I have watched you and seen your progress, um, how you do your work. And it's all about connecting with people. You are a master at that through video, through um, images, through your art, through um, messages. I mean, you are in social media so beautifully and you shine in such an awesome way that it's hard to believe that you actually came from that place of not having that ability or not knowing how to connect with people. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I so appreciate it because really it is something that I consciously cultivated. And it wasn't just like I, you know, was doing it like a this random thing. It became almost like my my sense of of life, like my life depended on I had to learn how to connect because I you know when we if you don't make money and you live by yourself and you're like a hermit well there's problems that can happen <laughs> you, you you know so I had to I had to face it and I it became a strength you know and I think that that's the gift that we can always remember is that the wounds that we have as we embrace the teaching of them They become mm. these superpowers that we mm. get to have because we're so like committed to it because in some way it, it's like our life depends on us having to move through that wound. And so yes. I just that you, you notice that about the connecting. And um, so how did I move through it? Well, I was consciously choosing to, I guess, is the beginning. It all starts with a, a decision. Once I got over the magical fantasy of thinking I wasn't going to have to deal with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really do have to deal with this. Then I, I dove in. I made a decision. My body became aligned with the decision that I'm going to learn. And I feel terrified and scared and vulnerable and shaky, but I, I'm going to find a way. And I just, I bit by bit, you know, once you make a decision, little things will happen, like an opportunity comes up. And then I would say yes to that. And I'd move through that fear of that opportunity. And then I'd get a little bit of confidence and I'd be like, another opportunity would come. And it just starts building and building. And, and then it becomes passionate. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, and I connect. And, you know, even just about a month ago, there was this opportunity to, for this event in Toronto. And there was a person there that I wanted to meet. And I had asked a bunch of people, oh, do you want to go to this event with me? And everyone was like, no. <laughs> and it was the day of, and I was still thinking, am I even going to go? 
Mm. And I just sat there. I was like, Laura, you have to. You like, and it, and I was scared. And I think I was kind of looking for someone else to be there with me to kind of give me um, you know, a crutch <laughs> or something. Oh. But it wasn't working out that way. The universe was giving me another opportunity to stretch and to just own my own presence in and risk, you know, go out and meet people, go and do something that I don't know how to do and step into the unknown. And yes. I did it. What was so fascinating, I get to this event and I drove myself into Toronto and it gets crazy traffic and I was nervous about that, but I made it in there, get there. I walk in and I, you know, go to kind of sign in and like pay and get into this thing. And I, and then they give me this bracelet to wear because I, I'm now at the ah. event. Bracelet. I look at it. And it's fearless. <laughs> it's fearless. Like fearless. Yes, because I feel like every time, and it never really ends, right? There's always something further for us to stretch into of our what we want to heal and grow and create, and and it takes so much courage, like little things that no one else would even know. Like going to that event, probably no one had any idea how terrifying that was for me. But yes, that was that was all inside of you. You totally. could feel the intensity. <laughs> no one else. Yeah. And so it's just saying yes in the direction, like leaning into the love and saying yes to the the bigger calling and allowing the fear to be there, but having a deeper root holding. Like and to me, the deeper root is love and my connection with spirit and my belief that the universe wants good things for me. And so having mm. that holding me, it like I'm willing to say yes. And you say yes, you know, 10,000 times, 100,000 times, and then your life looks different. You know, even saying yes, yes time, your life looks different. But I just made it a habit to say yes when I feel called to the, the next thing. And I want, there's so much more that I want to create as well. And, and so many more things to say yes to and say no to as well. Um, but how I move through the wound, it's like a decision. It's opening to the opportunities that are there, saying yes to them, saying no to the ones that I don't want to do and building that practice of that and feeling the support of the universe, building that relationship with spirit and with love and with the earth and feeling like it loves me. And so I'm safe. Even if something doesn't go the way I want it to go, or it doesn't look the way I want, there must be something else or something different or more beautiful that wants to come through and trusting that the universe loves me. So there's a lot of inner belief system, I guess, that develops inside of me of the trust, the faith, the love, the connection to that. Yes. That the courage to risk connecting with people. And what I hear is that it's not that you do not feel the fear, like everyone else, you do experience fear. It's just that you have this belief system backing you up and you don't allow fear to rule your life. You keep on saying yes to what your heart wants, despite the fear. Exactly. And when I do have the fears, I have so much kindness for myself. Uh, like, you know, I think I used to beat myself up more where I'd be like, oh, you know, just don't feel this way. And you could, you know, you shouldn't think like this. It must be something wrong with me. But now when I feel scared, I'm very tender with myself. And, and I just look at it as an opportunity. It's like, where does love want to come in more? You know, how can I even accept more love 
and care in my life. And mm-hmm. so the fear to me is just the next layer of where I'm willing to let love in so that I can feel even more supported. And, you know, and sometimes I am like shaky and like literally I'll, I'll even sweat. <laughs> and um, I've learned a lot of different fabrics that you can wear that don't show your sweat. Like if you're wearing like wow. a, a light gray t-shirt, that's a total sweat mark. Wow. That's a very practical piece of advice just in case for people who do sweat when they are nervous or scared. <laughs> You know, learning how to care for ourselves is how we can move through that. So we don't have things stopping us when we really want to go forward. We don't give ourselves excuses. Oh my gosh, I should be like perfectly calm before I do. And it's like, it's not how it works. It's like the universe Mm. to hold us when we're we're when we're actually walking on love. You know, like that's when we get held. Like there's that that famous movie. It's one of the Indiana Jones movies. I don't know if you've ever seen it where he has to walk out and there's nothing there. And he has (laughs) faith that something will hold him. And in a way, it's kind of like that. Like the more we want to live a life based on who we are, the more faith it requires. You know, I can can feel almost like a child, um, but knowing that there's a loving guardian there for me. And, you know, it's interesting to feel like then I become a role model for others because you know, in many ways, I do feel so young to the path in the sense of, I feel ancient in other ways, but like (laughs) young to like a a child to love, Mm. you know, like that I really do look up to love to guide me and show me how to live. And, and I'm very like open to that. I have like kind of that wide eyed child feeling where I'm like, love, show me what to do. I don't know what to do and show me I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. And so I feel like a child in that way. And then in other ways, I feel like I've like lived a thousand lives and have, you know, this sort of ancient, uh, information channeling through me as well. And I think what's what's relevant in this conversation, all of us are on the path of being ourselves. Like that's everyone's purpose on the planet is to discover who they are and then create a life that allows that to be expressed, whether it's through being a mother or a job or whatever it is, being yourself in this place is and going through the challenges that that requires is all of our purpose. Yes. Your life is all about being truly yourself. Um, Yeah. So I'm super passionate about that journey. We'll take a moment now for a special announcement. If you like this interview, you might also like my other podcast episodes, including the ones of the Divine Woman interview series. And I highly recommend that you download free the Golden Notes and Inspired Action Resource that I have created to go along with this interview series at alturasspiritualjourneys.com forward slash essence. It contains highlights and practical advice mentioned by our special guests. You will have access to the growing library of Divine Essence bonus, golden notes, and more. You can find the link to sign up for the free bonus in the episode description on your smart device and on the episode's file information as well. Now I'll continue with this great conversation with our future guest. I know that you call yourself a soul artist. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to share with us, when did you feel you were truly a soul artist? When was that moment that mm. you realized this is who I am? I think probably as a child, but I never named it that as a child. But I definitely came in very much already an artist, already like a connection to these realms and the ability to, even in kindergarten, my teacher um, spotted my artistic abilities and had made a show for me at this donut shop. That was there. Um, but when I actually said the word soul artist and soul art was in my early twenties. And that was at that point when I had, I was in university and then graduating and kind of the, the shock hit me. And at that time, because I, I didn't really mention this before, but as a child, I was near mute. I didn't really talk. I was terrified of people. I would hide behind. I, I was really, oh, I was like that like shy little kid. And I was also someone that if a camera came out, I'd be the one hiding in the back and my head would be down. And so I really was, you know, into just my own inner world. But one of the things that began to help me come into my body more and land on earth more was dancing. And I was in this Mm. dance thing called soul dance. And it just, it was like, spiritual awakening for me. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I was in my body. Mm. And that was in my early 20s. And so I was doing this soul dance and I was a professional dancer as well. I became a professional dancer and I was in a company and it was a soul dance company. And I start, I was doing my art as well. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my soul art. You know, like this is my expression coming through my art. And, and, but the name really came out of the soul dance experience. And I'm like, and then the visual art I'm doing is soul art. So the, the name of it really came at the time that I landed on earth, that I embodied. And that was in my early twenties. Like, of course I was here Mm. on earth before, but in terms of actually inhabiting. Yes, I understand what you mean. So uh, the dance gave you the opportunity to connect and realign your energy so that you could actually be fully present on this earth with your heart and your soul really, truly here with us. Soul art, it birthed, you know, because I I existed. I really always had the essence of it. And and I think that's probably true for everyone. The essence of, of everyone's gift is already is floating around them or it's within them in some way, but it might not be named yet. Yes, because in our society, sometimes there is not a name for it. It's not obvious. It's not visible. It's not like um, sometimes with traditional careers um, that you see them out there as choices. But when you are someone so unique, um, like you are uh, with a special life purpose, sometimes you don't see that mm-hmm. out there. It's not in any curriculum. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see, and that makes it more difficult to connect with it or find out, you know, who you are and what you're here for. Yeah. why There was such a gift. The wound that I had also gave me the gift of, I wasn't really exposed to, because I didn't really take in what people were doing. And so mm-hmm. I didn't, no one said to me, oh, you can't be who you are. So just to add in there that It is true that I think we all have the journey of like, we need to be seen, we need to discover, we need to see who, what our essence is and and what it wants to be. And also, um, whatever our wound is, 
which we all will have something that we're kind of navigating and moving through in our life, also contributes to the realization of that gift. And one, you know, and I think that that's such an important thing to remember. They're not separate from each other. They're actually combined because I think that if I had gone through school, let's say, and I really bonded with everyone in high school and, and there was some class called soul art at that time, it wouldn't have birthed through me, but it birthed through me because I had a moment of uh, awakening and because I was so disconnected and then suddenly becoming so embodied it's like it birthed and and it was at the moment when I was ready to run with it, like do things with it, develop it, turn it into a thing that could contribute. And so, yeah, our wound is equally valuable to the gift because the wound in many ways can unlock it. It helps us own it and really claim it. So uh, it's all of that. And so our society, there's so many things that we could be wounded by in our society, you know, whether someone said in school, yes. terrible artist, or you're this, or you're that, or, oh, girls Plenty. that, or, you know, all those things, like that might be the wound. And so it's like, okay, you know, taking that in, it's like, what is this offering? Is this offering the opportunity to choose a new belief system? Because if that's the gift of it, then to choose your own belief system is power. And I'd like to add that I find the pain that comes with the wounding, the pain is very important and is valuable because without pain, one cannot start to understand that there is something there that needs to be healed. And that through the healing, you're going to get to discover the gift, right? Exactly. So if anyone is in pain and is feeling sorry for herself, um, here is a fresh new perspective to pain and the wounding. Exactly. Yeah, so true. And I think that wouldn't it be so beautiful if that was integrated into our education system? You know, oh, I wish. Yeah. It's not about like living in the wound and everyone's a victim. It's nothing like that. In fact, when we really embrace our wound and our pain, we actually become really powerful in, in a true way, not a way of trying to pow- have power over someone, but like our own sense of power, our own sense of truth. And, and that's, it comes from the depth of connection, you know, and so yes. different wounds that we have can deepen ourselves and allow us to hear at another level. Very valuable. Um, so, Laura, you create art, you create programs, projects, global events through mm. your business, mm-hmm. and you consciously create your own life, as everyone you know can tell by now um, after what you have shared with us. And your life is pretty out of the ordinary, I must say. What inspires you and moves you to create? Love. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful answer, and there is so much meaning in that word. <laughs> but you know, love is is everything, right? So, but it's like it's a feeling. It's um, I feel, you know, and what I discovered is that it's a feeling of connection. Oddly, how ironic, right? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> feeling of connection and a connection with something that resonates with me, like resonates with my heart and resonates with my spirit, resonates with with what's going on. And so what motivates me or inspires me or drives me is kind of the next vision. And I do feel like I am connected with other realms, 
You know, like I, I feel yes. like whether they're other planets or other, I don't even know specifics on that, but they just feel like other realms. And I feel like they, they speak with me and they are like, oh, we need you to do this. And oh my gosh, do this. And I, I get so many visions and ideas. I, my friends, they call me the pie factory because I'm just constantly like <laughs> coming up with new creation. <laughs> and, um, and then my clients and, and, you know, people who experience my programs, they call me the giant womb because I can just like create so much. And really, it's just that I, I am so connected to the, to love in these other realms. And it just wants to come through me. And I so respect it. I so appreciate it that when an idea comes, I honor it, you know, and mm, so I yeah. will follow through. I will take it the, the distance it wants to go. And of course, things change along the way, but that, that's okay. But I, I'll follow the essence to its realization. And, and so it comes out in different mediums and it comes out in art. It comes out in dance. It comes out in programs. It comes out in like guided sessions, global events, uh, public art, you know, all those things, costumes, fashion design. I mean, yeah, you just said it is, um, is, is coming through so many mediums and in so many ways through you. Um, and so one thing that I want people to kind of, um, receive from what you said is that you are connected. You are connected to the universe and the divine essence. And what that does is that you receive divine inspiration mm -hmm. and you birth through you something that is already there in the universe. Mm -hmm. And this is something that every one of us can do. Every one of us can have that ability if we're willing to do it, to cultivate that connection, those connections, um, not only with people here on earth, but also with the spirit realm, with our guides mm -hmm. that are, um, you know, there for us, if we are willing to call them and ask for their help. Mm -hmm. um, and you have been very much open to that kind of connection. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening, right? You're not creating something that never existed. You are receiving um, something that is already in the universe, and you're bringing that to this earth mm -hmm. through you in your own special, unique way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, going back to when I was a kid and during that time where I wasn't connecting with people, I was always connected with spirit and the earth and and sort of the, the magical realm of my essence. And so that became my family. And so because, and I, and I do think in all of us, we, that is actually our first connection. Like I think we, you know, our biological parents, obviously we're so bonded with them on the level of the biology and the imprinting of that. So there's a huge connection, but I think our culture confuses it where they place that as the foundation rather than the connection with spirit as the foundation. And yes. Yeah. And so just, you know, by chance, because I didn't fully like bond in with my family, I was able to cultivate the spirit connection really, really deeply. And then it became, okay, now how can I bring this into my relationships with people and into the society? But I think a lot of people kind of do it the reverse way where they are connected maybe with their families and with people, but they're like, hmm, it's not totally my spirit. This isn't who I totally am. And how do I bring who I am into this? And, and so it's a journey of like, 
building the relationships on both sides, building the relationship, I think first really with your spirit. If you want to get your own essence coming through, that relationship needs to be a priority. Very, very important piece of advice that you just gave, building that relationship with your own spirit. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because from there, then you, we can learn how to connect with people in meaningful ways. And, you know, just the other day I was having a conversation with this wonderful woman and yet I could also feel that everything that she was saying was coming through the belief system of her family. And I was listening to her and I actually kind of got bored because I couldn't hear her in any of it. Her transmission wasn't in any of what she was saying, but she was saying a lot of things and I, I could follow what she was saying. Energetically, as I was just seeing it, I was like, wow, her own self was kind of tucked away. The words that were coming through, they weren't hers. And so then they become very flat and boring. And, and, she, and I think she was a little depressed. You can't just say to someone because they're not necessarily wanting to receive that reflection. Like, you know, but what I would say yeah. to someone who was open to that, be like, wow, it's like, how do you know the difference between what's your voice and what is someone else's that you just adopted because you were surrounded by it? And once you can tell the difference in the resonance of what your own voice is, not just in terms of speaking, but in terms of like, what is your resonance? Who are you? When you can tell what that frequency feels like, it's like you everything shifts, the way you will talk with people. And then you have different kinds of conversations, different opportunities come up. And, and I think that the biggest pain can be either you, we're not connected with our essence or our essence isn't connected with people. Like it, that it's both painful. Like either we're not letting our essence come through. I had that. My essence could come through me, yes, but not with people. And then for other people, it might be they can be with people, but maybe not as their essence and both hurt and both yes. opportunities for growth. Isn't this like um, some kind of illness around the world that people are trained by society, by our education system to be all the same. We are trained to think the same way, do the same things. And um, there is no uh, individuality truly in the sense of being our true soul expressed through ourselves, our voices, our lives. Um, we are taught that things have to be done in a certain way to be happy and be successful. And for a lot of us, it takes a lot of work or a huge amount of pain to realize. So it's a pretty important thing that you just said that you're inviting to the people who are ready to truly get in touch with themselves. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I think that that yeah. is what childhood is designed to be. And yet our system, you know, is a little bit backwards in that a lot of people in their adulthood, they then go on the journey <laughs> after they've already been imprinted when really it's, that's what childhood is for. And then to me, adulthood is the time of contribution, but most of us don't know what we want to contribute. So adulthood becomes the time of discovering. And that's what I think our culture is in right now. It's like, we're realizing the importance and the health that comes from, from being connected with our essence. And we're, so we, we're passionate to like figure out how to do that and, and be that and build careers and make money doing that. It heals things just in that process. And yet 
in a way, and I think that's maybe why I feel a bit like a child in that regard, in that is a beginning phase. And I feel like as we we move through that and we discover who we are, the natural next step is contribution, adulthood. And in our culture, we're in like adolescence as a culture. That's what I view. They're contributing. Of course, there's always a few that are in different places, but just as a culture in general, with kind of the addictions with technology and sort of like the next shiny object, it's kind of like child <laughs> behavior, right? And, <laughs> because you know, we yeah. are in that phase. We, we need to learn right now. We need to discover like this is the phase that we're in. And so, but I think what we don't know is that the thing that we're here to discover now is ourself. It's not to discover the next shiny object. It's to discover yeah. self. And, and as we land in that as a culture, then I think we'll see so many different problems just naturally shift and evolve, like the environmental problems, the, the racial issues. Because when we mm-hmm. feel comfortable in our individuality, we can connect and be in oneness. But we can't be in oneness when we haven't owned our individuality. It's kind of like ironic we need to have a strong sense of ourself to be safe enough to connect on a bigger scale. And, and I don't think as a culture we're fully there yet. We're, I can see it happening. I feel it happening. I'm in the wave of it too. And, yes. Um, we are in the discovery phase. Yes. And it's, um, it's pretty important that even though we're doing it as adults, we're doing it exactly. regardless. <laughs> it's not even, I think we, and that's another thing that our society says that adulthood is age 20 to 60, <laughs> whereas really mm. adulthood might be the ages of 80 to 90. Um, we don't know. It's like, but there's phases, there's developmental stages that we go through that have their own timeline. And so we are in the physical, you know, the body biology of what we would call an adult, but we're still in the phase of a child. And so it's just, we're all on our own timeline. And, and, and I actually think the brilliance of that is because we're adults, but in a child phase, we are reconfiguring how money works because children don't really deal with money, but adults do. So we're in the adult yeah. bodies, dealing with adult things, reconfiguring money patterns so that the money goes towards discovering who we are. And so that then the new wave of people coming in, you know, hopefully started earlier and earlier and earlier until we're kind of more in sync with how our bodies are, that the child phase is really in that biological phase. And the adult mm. really is in the biological phase of the adult. So yeah, there's so it's it's so interesting. I, I think we're really just souls on a journey, and we're at a time where there's a massive awakening happening, and people are feeling the call to really know who they are, and they want to be that in the world, and they want to connect money with it. They want to thrive being themselves. That is what you know, as the child development and the, how the brain develops. That's a phase that is kind of child to adult phase that desire. So we need to like, just, you know, go full out with it so that we get the chance to, as a culture grow. Absolutely. And that development is not always easy in our path to being our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. I feel that someone listening to us needs to hear of a time when you had to be strong and stand your ground to express your authentic self and shine your light in your own unique way. Well, there's a few things that come to mind. In university. And so I was in fine arts and 
at the, it was a four year program. And at the beginning of the four years, they said in your fourth year, you will have to present in front of the entire faculty and all the art students. Cause now you're like, you're the fourth year. You're the, you'll have to present every single month uh-huh. your art. And I remember being in first year and they told us this and I thought I'll quit after three years. Wow. <laughs> I remember that, like, There's no way, cause I was still kind of mute at that point. There's mm-hmm. no way I am going to stand in front of people and talk about my art. Like I just, the idea of that, I thought I'd just collapse. It was a scary, excruciating pain totally. just to think about it. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I finished three years and I knew what was going to come in the fourth year. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I kept going. And it was the beginning of the fourth year. And it was the day that we had to begin our presentations. And I was like in a cold sweat. And I had to present what my thesis was and kind of what I was going to be working on for that year. So like tons of people gather for this. It's a really big deal at the university. And there's like so many people, like all the seats are taken. People are leaning against the wall. They're lined up at the door. Like it's a really, it was a big thing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, just get it over with. So I volunteered oh. to go first. But I'm like, there's no way I could sit through watching. Oh God. I can imagine, Laura, you were just like, oh, please just put me out of my misery already. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so I, you know, me being someone who I have my own ideas. And so I kind of didn't want to do exactly the thing that they were asking us to do. And I get up in front of the, the group and now I'm standing there and, and I'm like looking out and I, I start talking about what I wanted to do. And what I described is, you know, my thesis is the union of opposites. And I want to explore this by, so I'm telling the people, I want to explore it by not having a plan and letting my intuition guide me. Like this is, like, this is what I present. Oh, wow. So everyone, first of all, everyone goes really quiet. And then all of a sudden you could feel this energetic rumble in this room. And all of a sudden people were really angry. And I'm oh. there. And I, it to me felt like a witch hunt. All of a sudden people were fighting wow. all this stuff. And I was just like, and I stood there. And it was a moment where, you know, something happened in my body. I could feel people not really either understanding what I was talking about. And the teachers were very upset that I was not going to have a plan. They didn't like this idea of following my intuition. Oh, no. I can't imagine. You were going against the norm. Like, what are you going to do? And blah, blah. And it was just on and on. It was, And so I could feel the fear in my body in reaction to this. And I don't even know what happened if I got a message or something. But my body just suddenly, like, I shifted inside my body. I rooted in. I'm like, sort of like, love, hold me. And I stood there so tall and I, my arms were open, like just down to the side. And I gave mm-hmm. direct eye contact to all the people who were talking that they, they weren't happy with this whole thing. And it wasn't even a big deal, but it was like, I don't know why people were so upset. And then oh. after that, so then a month goes by and I had to do it again. And now I had to show my first sort of body of work that I had done. And people were like, they remembered what had happened. And I remembered too. I go up and I'm speaking about what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, everybody started being like, you're like a savage. This is this Mm. name for me. That was the nickname they gave me in the sense of, you're someone 
who you will stand fierce to what you want. You don't back down. You know, it was, it's not like I planned that that was going to be how it went. But what happened in my body was I felt the fear. I chose to let love hold me and I stood up for it. I, mm. I stood up for it. I, I got taller as, as almost, I think the normal reaction would be to shrink down in, in like in shame. And I just, yeah. just got taller and taller and taller. And, you know, I probably even like actually physically probably did get taller because I could feel my spine opening and I was like a total channel. It's like I was connected. Oh. Nothing was going to knock me over. People were like blowing this energy and I was solid. Oh, I have a vision of that, Laura. I can feel the energy of that moment. You were becoming this Oh, so tall tree, yeah. strong and grounded on Mother Earth, and you would not allow anything to take you down. Totally. And it wasn't like I, I planned it. I stood up for myself. I took a stand for love, and I believed in my own guidance over other people's. Mm. Their opinion wasn't going to determine who I am. And I just want something to point out here uh, so that people kind of get the full picture. I mean, given this experience, anyone else might have reacted in different ways. Mm -hmm. One choice was to, to go into shame and shrink, like Laura said, but you could also get really angry mm -hmm. and yes. try to get everyone to listen to you or somehow have a fight and win the fight. Yeah, being, in, you know, the strongest one, but in a different way, in an angry kind of way. But she didn't do that. She stood in love. That's a very different energy. And that's where true power comes from. Mm -hmm. No, I have had those times when I have been angry and defensive. And what is the difference between those is that when I get angry and defensive, I am very needy of someone else's opinion determining me. Mm. And when I stand in love, it's like love decides who I am. I definitely have worked with anger because I have felt anger. I think anytime we have a mm -hmm. wound or a sense of an injustice, anger is natural because anger fires up, gives us energy. But when mm -hmm. I get into an angry discussion with someone and I feel like I'm firing back or with defensiveness or wanting them to see my point of view – it's because somehow I think that they get to decide who I am. And so I've given them my power. And anger is the fire needed to say, get back into your power. Like, come home. You know, so it like rises up. It's like getting my own attention. And so whenever I feel my own anger rise, I know right away that what am I not listening to within myself? What mm. am I not honoring in myself? Because the only reason that I feel the need to get angry is when there's some injustice that I believe I have, that someone's done something to me or someone's this or someone's that. Whereas, you know, the things that happen, of course, things can be unfair, but we still can have love supporting us. We can still have love on our side and it might be a learning moment. It might be a moment of growth rather than an attack. And so it's like the, to me, anger is the call home. 
And, and and I think it serves a really beautiful purpose as long as it effectively does call us home to say, well, what is your need? Like, what do you feel is unjust and what is your true need here? And take a stand for the need and, and find a way to give it to yourself. And sometimes it means saying it to the other person. Sometimes it's just taking care of it ourselves. Anger is like a, this gaping hole where my power is just leaking out. When I was speaking at the university there, that was a magical moment where I really did stand in my power. You know, it's a constant practice. I'm a human like anyone else and I can like go in different directions. The difference is that I really try to learn from what comes up. So if I am defensive, if I am angry, if I am bending down in shame, I'm like, wow, why did I just do that? Oh my gosh, like what is going on? Like, why do I feel ashamed? Why am I defensive? And I let it teach me, you know, and I feel enough safety with the divine and with love that I'm okay to learn. Like I'm okay to not be perfect. Be the the one who's angry that day and <laughs> about it and then be able to still learn. Like it's okay. You know, I um it's beautiful moments when we really do feel that love has filled us up and our true power is holding us. And I'm proud of those moments for sure because they're kind of like the flower on a plant. But then there's also the moments where you know, we're kind of embarrassed by our own behavior. You know, even when we're feeling ashamed, I'm not ashamed of the shame. And, Mm -hmm. you know, try to take it in as learning too, because even that can make us strong. It's to just see ourselves for, you know, what are we crying out for? Where do we need help? Where are we wounded? Where do we need healing? Where's the next level of clear communication that wants to come through? And then it becomes another flowering moment, even though it might be through a difficult, unpleasant energy. What I keep on hearing is that you have learned and now have the ability to use those unpleasant feelings or, for instance, anger, to use as an example. You have turned them into a tool for you to grow and stand in your power. Mm -hmm. You have learned how that can be shifted. And that's a very important thing to know how to do and practice. The only way that I can imagine you can learn that is practicing, right? Because you can have the theory, but if you don't apply, then you will never be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd like to invite everyone listening to take this to heart and follow on Laura's, you know, footsteps and they start asking why this is happening. What is this feeling trying to tell me? And so you can be very surprised to find out where that takes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Laura, I was telling you uh, that I recently visited the Amazon for the first time. And when I walked in nature, I had a real life experience of being in touch with the cycle of life and death of Mother Earth, all happening at once. Tall ancient trees in bloom, ripe fruits falling off trees, and millions of insects buzzing. Everything, all of that at the same time. I was uh, walking on dead leaves at the same time, finding fruit at different stages of decay growing mold. Mother Earth is so prolific, and at the same time, in its creative process, there is a need for death and transformation of the old Mm -hmm. into a new form of life. What have you had to let go of or let die in your life recently to create something new that your heart was yearning for? Mm. Oh my gosh, it's a constant thing. But actually, it's interesting that you asked that question because on a tangible level, 
Um, I don't know if you remember, Koryanka, when you were here in my studio, but I have this giant storage room and it's filled with over 500 journals. Like the whole wall on one side is all journals that I have um, worked through over, you know, 20 years basically of doing my work and processing things and learning and growing and transforming, healing, everything. I had this feeling they all had to go. And so I had a shredder and it took me three weeks to shred over 500 journals. It kind of overheated the shredder uh, many times. Wow. And I've been making art with these shreddings. And actually, we just did a shoot uh, last week of that. And there's still so much left of it. But what it has taught me about this idea of letting go is that when something is complete, you naturally let it go. There isn't any effort in it. I feel like when we're like trying to convince ourselves to let go of something, we haven't actually received the fullness of what it is yet. And so in the example with these journals, all the things that I was working on in those 20 years, they had ripened and integrated into my life. I embody what I processed in that. And so I don't need to hold the remnant of it. I can let it go. And so I think that for me, letting go is coming to a natural place within my own cycle that I've received what I need from whatever the situation or the thing, whatever it is, it's been fully received. And then just like a leaf on a tree, it drops off. Letting yeah. go is just kind of knowing where you are, being in the place that you are in at the time. And then when you move to a new place, you don't need to carry the stuff from the old place. And the only reason people carry it is because they haven't resolved or ripened it. They haven't realized what the older thing was. If they're still processing childhood, there's something in childhood that's not complete yet. And they won't let it go until it's been resolved or expressed or whatever. And so letting go is, to me, natural when we have received and seen it in nature. It shows us how natural it really is. You know, right now here in Canada, all the leaves are falling because it's the fall and we're moving into winter. And that happened in sync with the way the sun is and temperatures and things like that. But seeing thousands and thousands of leaves falling is just so natural to let go in the right time. If all the leaves were dropping in the middle of summer, there would be something really wrong with that tree. So knowing what cycle we're in, honoring where we are, completing things in their own cycle allows letting go to be just as natural as waking up in the morning. It's like, it's literally just as natural. I don't think it requires a lot of coaxing. And the only time that we're trying to convince ourselves to let go, we probably haven't really honored what we needed to receive from the previous thing. Hmm. There is a need to allow ourselves to flow in a natural way, just like we see that in, in nature. Uh, plants shows us that animals can show us that, but sometimes we don't pay attention being in the city. We are not in touch with nature in the way, um, our ancestors used to be, okay. but there is a need to learn from nature because we are part of nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good. Yes. Yeah. Where people, if they're not seeing what is natural, it's, we don't get the reflection and we might forget our own naturalness. And, and I think that just brings up how important it, <laughs> a connection to the earth and to be able to witness what is natural because we're all nature. And 
you know, de- being denatured in a way is the same as feeling disconnected. It's like you're not fully like in sync with the reality in some way. I think probably most people listening to this podcast, you know, with you, Koryanka, and you have such a strong connection with the earth, I think probably most people would have a connection with with the earth. And yet on a bigger scale, when we see cities and I can see how easy it would be to, or if you live in just like a whole techno bubble, how easy it mm-hmm. could be to forget. But nature, so, it's so innate that something will make us remember, you know, like it will <laughs> happen that it just is like, oh yeah, right. Natural. Okay. Right. <laughs> Yes. I'm asking every person on this interview series what it means to you to live in your divine essence, being in that natural state of being, of who you are, um, and also what it feels like. Could you please share with us? Mm, To me, it's a divine love affair. It's a feeling of connection. It's a feeling of love. It's a feeling of trusting and allowing, and my body's open to life. And just like any relationship that has love in it, where, you know, some days are happy, some days are sad, but love is always there. Like love is the ground and in that there's safety. And so things can grow and things can happen. And, and it feels like warm, even when there's a challenge, it's like love is close. And yeah, so to me, it just feels like a total love affair to be in my Mm. essence and to have my essence weave through everything that I do, or at least I try to, Mm -hmm. that's my desire. It feels like love circulating through my body. Oh, well, I love the way you put it. It does make me feel like in your experience, it's all about also enjoyment, enjoying yourself, enjoying your life. Mm -hmm. Enjoying your body, enjoying expressing yourself in the way that you do, that you feel is the way for you to express who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever it is, like being yourself, that feeling, that is it, you know, and and it's just like a sense of presence. It's a sense of like you exist, you're here and you're like, you're relaxed, but you're invigorated, You're, you're present to life. It's a feeling of you are you. Yeah. That's it. I love that message for everyone. That is so beautiful. You definitely embody that and you definitely are um, a beautiful living example of what it is like to enjoy being truly, fully yourself, all of who you are. Thank you. And I'd like to ask you, could you please give advice to the women listening so that they can overcome their fears, their doubts, so that they can express their creative souls so fiercely like you do? Hmm. I guess what I would say to that, we're all in different places. So, But the one common thing that we have is we all have the relationship with ourselves, And from there, things grow. And so my invitation or my offering would be to look at that relationship that you have with yourself. Do you listen to yourself? Do you honor your desires? Do you say yes when you want to say yes and no when you want to say no? And and when if you don't honor yourself, you know, why not? What what belief systems are stopping you from that? What wants to be healed? What wants to be shifted? So my invitation would be to create 
the opening for a relationship with yourself to go deeper and become more intimate, more revealing so that you really get to the truth of who you are and what you want and find your own ways of like how to cultivate that relationship. And so when we have a relationship with ourselves, we get to find out, well, like, what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want to do? If you, uh-huh. if you wanted, you could spend your time however you wanted. What would you like to do? And maybe it's journaling or maybe it's going for a walk or maybe it's dancing. Whatever it might be, do that. Give yourself permission to do that so you can build that relationship. And from that space, you'll have your own wisdom. You'll have your own answers. You'll have your own guidance, your own inspired ideas, your own direction of like your own path. No one can ever tell you who you're supposed to be or what path you're supposed to take or what career you're supposed to do or how you're going to make money. That Those answers come from that relationship. And so anything that you can do to nurture that relationship will serve you so greatly. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm going to ask you one more question. This is something that I'd like to ask you to, you know, to play with me. I'm just going to tell you a phrase and I will invite you to complete the phrase in any way you feel that, you know, it's in your heart. And please don't think too much about it. Like do it as soon as, you know, you hear this, the phrase okay. completed. Um, and then, okay. So fill in the blank. I'd love to see birds. Oh, birds. Okay. Tell us more about that because I'm sure, I'm sure everyone is wondering why birds. I'm very curious myself. (laughs) I'm not sure. That's what came to mind right away. You know, I was just, I'm sitting in my studio and I just, you asked the question. I just looked out the window. It's like, what would I love to see? And I just had this like vision. I'm like, oh, it'd be so magical if there was like this rainbow bird that just swooped by the window. (laughs) You know, oh God. Like, I love, seeing signs of my connection with life and seeing magical things, seeing things that have symbolic meaning to me, feel like my soul family and is present with me. It makes me feel like, yes. you know, I, I'm connected. I would love to see reflecting back to me who I know I am inside and see that outside. And I think that that Mm. is, you know, that's the evolution on our planet is as we go deeper into our connections with ourselves, and we see the beauty of who we each are, then that can reflect that we get to see that in the world. Right now we're moving through layers of the shadows and layers of unprocessed things and, and layers of disconnection. So then we, we will see things like that in our culture. And what I would love to see is more reflection of who we really are. That freedom, right? That birds represent flying as high as you want, you know, uh, whatever you want, whatever you feel called. That freedom um, is what comes to mind when I think of the magic of birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura, for your contribution. This has been a beautiful, beautiful interview with so much content, and I am so grateful uh, for having you with us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the link that you need to access the free bonus, Golden Notes, and Inspired Action of the Divine Woman Interviews, alturasespiritualjourneys.com forward slash essence. 
When you sign up, you will also receive some other really helpful future resources as well. This has been Korianka. Thanks for listening to this interview series and Divine Essence podcast. Bye, Laura. Bye, everyone. Thank you for being here with us.